Hello, hello, hello. It is the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Dude. I got Andy with me on the other side of the world. What's up, Andy? What up, brother? Welcome to the end of 2020. Thought we'd never get here. Yeah, we're a few days in and it feels pretty much same <laughs> shittiness level so far, but we'll see. Uh, I'm willing give to it, give 2021 a chance. Yeah, there's a little bit of a bleed over here, but I think we're going to get through it soon. Fingers crossed. Please. Oi. Okay. So, but, uh... Yes, welcome to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> welcome. You're right. We should welcome people. But we're in a hurry, because speaking of 2020, we've got like 20 albums to talk about as we count down hey, our nice. favorites. Yes. It's the big show. The one we do at the end of every year, 10 through 1, test our counting backwards skills, top but albums of 2020. To test your math acumen, that's 10 to 1 for two different people, making it 20. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's true, my friend. That's true. Science always prevails. So, in, in effect, it is a top 20 <laughs> countdown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In this case, 19, and you'll see why. Correct. You're right. You're right. Don't give away any surprises, but... Uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying not to. So, usually we chit-chat, we catch up. I don't think we have time for that shit. We got to get to the music. Yeah, we really do, because we got a lot to cover here. A lot of good records came out this year, or last year, in 2020. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's go through them, man. All right, well, before we actually get to our number 10, why don't we just briefly mention a few records that didn't quite make a cut for the top 10, but we wanted to give a quick shout out on the show. Um, you know, maybe these are some records that are from uh, lesser known artists or maybe uh, didn't get quite as much press this year, but we felt like they were worthy of a shout out. So what do you, uh, what do you got for your honorable mentions, man? All right, so a couple of these we talked about on previous shows. American Aquarium, Lamentations, episode 108. Great album, great lyrics. The band is very, it's a country album, but it's kind of more like an Americana rock thing. And it's accessible and introspective. And it's really good stuff uh, in 2020. Another country-flavored album, Country Blues, Charlie Crockett, Welcome to Hard Times, episode 113. Great voice, great throwback 60s country twang style, even including some yeehaws in there, which (laughs) is wonderful. And uh, album we didn't get a chance to talk about on the show. We have talked about Brent Cobb several times, including he put out two albums last last year. One was like remastering of, of his first album, and then this new one, Keep Them On Their Toes, which, again, Brent Cobb, solid country artist, uh, sort of an outlaw country guy, and it's signature him. It's a really good, fun listen, a little uneven at times, which is why he didn't quite make the cut. How about you, Andy? What do you got? Uh, all right, I got three quick ones for myself here. Uh, the first one is from a record that you actually recommended to me a few months back um, from the uh, Northeast jam band Fish. They put out a studio record called Sigma Oasis earlier this year. Really enjoyable record. Not usually a huge fan of their studio records, but I really took to this one. 
some really nice jamming, but also some really, really crisp songwriting in there as well. Did you want to say anything about that, Bud? I know you. Yeah, I, to I, I, I don't, I'm not really a fish fan, but I like their more standard, you know, like hoist and this one that are a little more accessible, less jammy type of things. For albums, I don't dig the jam. Like I've seen them live and the jam is great, but for albums, I, I just played the song. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good mix of kind of both sides of their, their personality there. Uh, so Sigma Oasis from Fish. Uh, the only one I wanted to mention is kind of a collaborative project from a group called Spillage Village and their record Spilligayon. Spilligan. Guys got these albums with terrible names. Yeah. If you can't get the name, why are you even bringing it up, bro? <laughs> It's a really cool kind of like hip hop collaborative um, with some elements of like funk and R&B mixed in there. Really um, cool, diverse sounds, some good skits in there. If you haven't heard that one, I think it's it's really, really enjoyable. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Thurston Moore and his record, By the Fire. Very, what you'd expect from Thurston Moore, very like uh, guitar, drone type sound, long tracks. But I thought that was a really strong offering from him and wanted to give it a quick mention on the show. Number 10. Okay, so I'm up first with my number 10. It's Sepultura, and the album is Quadra. One of my favorite tracks is Isolation. Sepultura is a Brazilian heavy metal band formed in 1984. This Quadra is a concept album. Uh, The concept behind the album is numerology, and it's divided into four sections. The first captures a thrash sound. The second is more of a stylized uh, Brazilian sound. The third is sort of a, more kind of instrumentally. Uh, and the fourth part is more melodic. Love this album. Still listening to it. Andy, have you continued to experience Sepultura? Yeah, I came back to this a few times over the course of the year after we talked about it. Back on episode 102, which is forever ago. Yeah, I really enjoyed this, actually. It's very progressive at times, which I love. Um, pretty solid all the way through. Actually, dug back into their catalog a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I know they've been around for a while, but I felt like this was a pretty modern-sounding metal record in 2020. So, yeah, good pick. I've been, uh, I've been enjoying it. Kind of good introduction to the band for me. Yeah, and, and the concept album thing we, we embrace on this show. Yeah, so I love that, that was- shit. Part of the reason why Sepultura managed to claw their way into my top 10. All right, word up. For my number 10, I actually got another uh, metal metal record here from a bit of a supergroup, I guess you could say. The artist is Umbra Vitae, which I believe translates to Shadow of Life, which is the album name. This came out in May of 2020. It is a supergroup by members of Converge. Jacob Bannon does the vocals. Uh, Kurt Ballou does production. A couple members of the group Red Chord, which is new to me. Have you ever heard of them? No. Well, the guitarists. The two guitarists, I believe, <laughs> are from that group. <laughs> it's a pretty short record, but it really uh, provides a punch in the 20 or 30 minutes that uh, it lasts. Heavy grooves, not a lot of soloing. If you're a fan of like the Deathcore doom or speed metal i think you would really enjoy this record i think it's it's their first release as a group i'm hoping for some some more material from them in 2021 i think uh should be a pretty interesting group to keep an eye on so they just snuck in at number 10 for me that's uh umbra 
Vete, Shadow of Life. God, start picking some stuff that's like, <laughs> you know, John the Smith. violent guys or something like that that you can <laughs> pronounce. It's a tough thing about my exotic taste here, man. They often come with lots of little accents and umbras and whatnot. Number nine. It's time for number nine. We're going with The Strokes. Remember The Strokes, Andy? I remember The Strokes in the early 2000s. This is mm-hmm. not The Strokes, though. This is The New Strokes. It's an, it's an, it's an old New Strokes. Uh, so we talked about this, The New Abnormal, a little bit on episode 107. It's their sixth studio album, and Rick Rubin produced it. It's new wavy and electronica, but it still has that garage rock foundation i would say and we both really liked it like surprisingly liked it i yeah i was not expecting to like it at all uh really end up loving it i would say yeah Uh, me too uh, i've listened to it all year long my friend mike said hey the strokes have a new album i'm like so (laughs) and uh i listened to it and i'm like "Ooh, wait a second so here we are number nine and, and coincidentally, folks, we both have it at number nine. So yeah. uh, that's that's why the math was 19 instead of 20. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty rare. I mean, we have to look back on some of the previous countdowns, but we don't often have a lot of overlap in our tauntauns. So strokes is kind of where we, where we come together this year. Got to have that common ground. It's also got an 80s new wave sound to it, to my ear, a person who grew up during that time period which makes it even more fun to listen to. Yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't sound like the earlier stuff. I mean, there's hints of it, but uh, it sounds much more adult. And I think the Rick Rubin production, I'm sure, helped them kind of mold the sound into something a little bit more 2020. So, awesome record from the Strokes there. Definitely check it out if you haven't heard it. Number eight. Okay, coming in at number eight, it is The White Buffalo. And do you remember uh, us talking about the white buffalo in episode 107? Oh, I sure do, man. I sure do. Um, his real name is Jake Smith, but I like the white buffalo. This The album is called On the Widow's Walk. It came out in April. He's kind of like Bob Dylan, Leonard Cohen, earthy, uh, baritone voice, but he's got some range. And the overall feeling is like a happy sadness but he's able to balance those really well with his gruff vocals and his kind of sometimes funny. I don't know if it's intentional, but some of his lyrics, just the, the come on shorty, why did you kick my heart in? It's like, you know, yeah, <laughs> just an right. interesting thing to, to take shorty and, and uh, have your heart get kicked in. <laughs> so and a true artist, I would say. Yeah, he seems like a very charming, sort of like wise old soul. He's just kind of imparting some wisdom on us here with with this uh with this record i really enjoyed it myself too it did make my list here let me see where did it end up yeah this guy everyone he has this numbered list of like i don't know a hundred or something albums my list was somewhere in the 20 range which is usually how it goes (laughs) (laughs) let me see i got up to 90 this year uh, yeah, White Buffalo, number 69, One of the Widow's Walk. So, yeah, really uh, really solid record. A little outside of my comfort zone, but I'm glad you brought it to the show this year, man. It was enjoyable. All right, eight me. All right, my number eight, <laughs> also from episode 107. That was a good episode, apparently. Nadia Reed, out of my province. A folk rock record from the New Zealand singer-songwriter. 
produced by Matthew E. White, who I know we've talked about on the show a bunch over the years. Very elegant, pristine record, expertly produced, I would say. Lush sounds, and uh, she creates some very vulnerable, kind of intimate moments on this record that really resonated with me. I know it's been one of my most listened to records of 2020. I think every song on here is stellar. I don't know about that. Sorry. It's very... It's very... uh, (laughs) She's not Canadian, man. You can pretend she's Canadian. <laughs> There's a song on here called Canada, I believe. But <laughs> oh, dude, she's Canadian at heart. It it feels Canadian to me, which is it a does. good thing. It really does. New Zealand's like the Canada of the uh, Southern Hemisphere. I'm sorry <laughs> that I brought it up. No. <laughs> All right. Well, Nadia Reed out of my province. Really good folk rock record at my number eight. Number seven. All right. 2020 could put you in a dark mood. This was the Black Moods, but uh, they're actually pretty happy. Black Moods, a Tempe, Arizona rock band. The album is called Sunshine, which we needed a little bit of in 2020. It's kind of a vocally got a little bit of a Rival Sons sound, but there's a 70s and 90s sort of rock feel, alternative rock feel. What do you think, man? Yeah, I'll put it in the alt-rock genre. Uh, Fun, bouncy, got that jangle, keeps your spirits up. Uh, It's got that great track on there, the second track, Belladonna. Yeah, that's an awesome song. Love that song. Good record, good record. It sounds like a, you know, sing-along at the concert, everyone having a great time, back when we could do that. Good record to have a beer with. Yeah, good record to pretend that you're enjoying a concert too <laughs> <laughs> the dude notorious for hitting live events yeah. <laughs> people but, uh, yeah and it, you know it occasionally reminded me of the gin blossoms which depending on your taste is a, a good thing but for a guy my age here and that that sound is just makes you happy yeah you're right. the, the jangle i would say that gin blossoms yeah. jangle is here alive and well so good pick uh, we did talk about that back in episode 110, if you're curious to hear our full oh, yeah, review. Yeah. My number seven is uh, from episode 111. We talked about the Rose City Band and their record, Summer Long, which is a psychedelic rock record from Ripley Johnson, who you may know from Wooden Ships and Moon Duo. This is their second LP, very psychedelic, kind of space rock. Some jams going on here. I hear hints of the Grateful Dead and band like Woods, if you're familiar with them. Really hazy, just nice, chill out, summery record. It's got, it's got a little uh, steel pedal twang in here occasionally, a little country hints, especially early on on the record. What do you think about this one, man? I, mean, yeah. I thought you would love yeah. this record. I thought this would be like in your top 10 when I first heard it. I feel like you're a little bit lukewarm on it. Yeah, I actually never really revisited it until it was back on the list. And yeah, it's it's cool. It's just apparently forgettable, which is probably apparently a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I, I liked it when I first heard it. I liked it now, but in the in between it it uh It's, it's got slipped. a huge boob on the cover, man. How could you forget that? Um I an adult man that's married to a beautiful lady, so I don't I don't need I don't need boobs on covers of albums to get me through. <laughs> I could save with the, the wife <laughs> reference there, buddy. All right. Shame on you. All right. So 
Yeah, that was it. Road City Band. The, the boob album, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Number six. All right. We've got uh, Hot Country Nights. The K is silent from episode 109. Country album. The Hot Country Nights are sort of a tongue-in-cheek 90s country tribute but with some humor Dirk Spentley leads the band and there are loaded songs like Asphalt which is about being on the road but it's also about that ass it's that asphalt yeah <laughs> so, it's really genius <laughs> and uh, you know other type of you know a lot of that kind of stuff where there's little naughty jokes but it's not overbearing but it's fun and it's good music Andy I know surprisingly you like this I picked it hoping you'd hate it, and here we are. <laughs> no, I really didn't like it. It's very unlike any country record I've ever heard. It's not self-serious at all. It's laugh-out-loud funny at times, like we were just talking about on Asphalt and a bunch of other songs. But it's quality performance. It's quality musicianship. It's kind of like Steel Panther does with metal. Although I can't say that's they because they go too far on the dirty stuff in my opinion, but this is kind of yeah. like that where it's a loving tribute to a time period, and they wear mullet wigs and acid wash jeans, acid wash jeans uh, when they're performing and have character <laughs> names and stuff. So it's all fun. It would have been an incredible summer party album for 2020. Yeah. But, you know, with limitations on that kind of stuff. I know, right? Yeah. Well, it's still a fun record. Maybe we can enjoy it a little bit in this year instead. Oh, yeah. It, I, I'm letting, it, it's good enough to make it into 2021. All right. For my number six pick, talking about punk rock record, which is also pretty fun, from Dream Nouns. Their subtitled uh, debut full length entitled Dream Nouns. Talk about this on episode 114. If you want to hear our full review, this is the all-female four-piece from London. Very fun, energetic, and funk, infectious punk rock sounds. Love that DIY spirit. They just deal with a variety of, like, fun, not fun issues, but issues that young folks will think about in their early 20s. Uh, you know, dating. Uh, there's a lot about sexuality and growing up as, as a queer woman in the UK. Yeah, it's a fun, quick listen, but a lot of energy, a lot of passion, a lot of creativity going on. I really enjoy every, this record every time I put it on. Yeah, man. Uh, when we talked about this, we talked about that whole witch aspect, which I yes. thought was was interesting. <laughs> they call themselves uh, witch punk, which is yes. the first I've heard of that. <laughs> no. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the music has sort of a, to me, a Go-Go's bit of yeah. a vibe a modern yeah. day and they definitely have personality bunk attitude and and there's um, a lot of confidence behind even in even in talking about relationships and and all that kind of stuff when sometimes it's people can be vulnerable there's also a confidence behind it which is pretty cool word up so that's a dream nails dream nails check out dream the busy record say it one more time dream nails dream, dream, dream nails number five all right, so my number five pick is an album we didn't get a chance to talk about on the show. So this is um, Paul Bearer with the album Forgotten Days. came out in October of 2020. They're a doom metal band from Arkansas. We've talked about them before on the show. Mm-hmm. I think Heartless maybe was their record we talked about. Yep. Uh, love their previous album. And I love this band. And I think... 
for me, this is a bit of a step forward. It's a little more melodic, but there's still that nice doomy element. A couple shorter songs at the beginning of the album, which is, I think, the best part of the album. Andy, what were your thoughts? I know you're a Paul Bearer guy for the most part. Yeah, I'm a fan. I usually enjoy the records. I didn't care for this one as much as their previous material. Just a little too slow and sloggy for me, especially in the middle of the record. Really like the opening cut. Really like the closing cut. The middle, I just kind of lost me. Yeah. There were some twelve-minute tracks, and there were some four-minute tracks. And right. I, I, you know, in a way, I kind of see a similar timeline to the way Mastodon. I know that they're a different type of metal band, but Mastodon did their thing, mm-hmm. built a fan base, and developed their sound, and it morphed as time went on. I feel like this is a similar sort of build from the ground up sort of thing. I think there's a groundswell of fans, a lot of respect out in the metal community for this band. And I think they're going to continue to grow. They've been around 12 years. I think we're going to be hearing about them for years to come. And I think there's going to, maybe the next one is going to be a big crossover breakthrough success is my feeling. I really have a lot of faith in Paul Bearer. Yeah. Well, I think if, I think they can do it, man. And I look forward to hearing that next record. My number five is from a Colombian artist, Lido Pimenta. Her record, Miss Columbia, this came out in April of 2020. We talked about it back on episode 108. Uh, this is her third full length. She is actually from Canada. So here's your Canadian artist, man. Come on, you're, uh, what about her heritage? Why, why you got to bring up Canada? <laughs> Well, she's from Canada, but yeah, she, this record specifically ties into a lot of Colombian uh, sounds, a lot of uh, dance, synth pop, her lovely, decadent, rich vocals, uh, just amazing soundscapes they created here. Love this record. Every track on here I just find incredibly enjoyable and immediately resonates with me. Um, even coming back to it after it's been about eight months since I originally first heard it and still sounds great. Any thoughts on uh, Miss Columbia, man? I mean, it's certainly a very um, interesting album in, in terms of its consistency, its sort of subject matter, and its really authentic sound. You yeah. Know? Similar to, to, I mean, not similar to, but <laughs> Sepultura celebrates their their yeah, heritage throughout South their, America as well. Yeah, yeah. Bringing in Brazilian sounds and, and references and all that stuff. And, and when something is that deep a part of you, it's nice to hear it come out in, in uh performance. So didn't think I could compare this to Sepultura, did you? Yeah. He somehow cramped it. There. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, there's Lido Pimenta, Miss Columbia. That's my number five pick. Number four. Number four. We're going back to the country with Chris Stapleton. We talked about in episode 115, the album is starting over. He's as good as ever. A fourth studio album released in November of 2020, tying together classic country, classic rock, classic soul. The guy can sing his ass off. Produced by Dave Cobb. Those are really my bullet points. Andy, what do you got? <laughs> Checks all the boxes there, man. <laughs> <laughs> check, check, and check. No, you know, like, I guess I was a little hesitant with this record initially just because everybody was just gushing over it, but it is really good, as much as I hate to admit it. This is like peak peak Stapleton, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he's really kind of defined this sound and he just kills it this entire record him and i assume you know his wife his wife performs on the album quite a bit on all of his albums doing harmonies and stuff which adds to the relatable sort of like element where everything feels real and genuine as well as his ability and probably with the help of dave cobb he always does some covers that he makes his own and writes his own stuff too. well-known writer but it all blends together so nicely that yeah. they're the them working together. I don't know how he'd sound with a different producer, but they've got something special going here. Yeah, it all makes sense when you when you hear it together. So do you think this is his best release to date? Oh the traveler, the breakthrough from from 2015. It's hard for me to say this is better. It's definitely they're they're on par with each other for sure. I need some more time with this. I've I've spent five years listening to The Traveler, so ask me in five <laughs> right. years and I'll tell you which one. <laughs> All right. Count down this 2025. We'll uh, revisit this. <laughs> yeah. I would say it's definitely a similar sound to The Traveler here. Yes. If you liked that record, I think you'll like starting over as well. All right. For my number four pick, going to another pretty well-established artist, uh, Fiona Apple put out a record, kind of a quarantine record here in april of 2020 called fetch the bolt cutters we did review it back on episode 109 uh, so this is her fifth studio album it's got that fun quirky sort of odd personality but i was with a purpose that you would expect on a fiona apple record i think this record in particular sounds a little more lo-fi maybe a little more indie than some of her past studio records i think a lot of that has to do with she recorded a lot of these vocals and percussion bits in her home because of the quarantine situation this year. So it adds kind of a rawness to the record that I think we haven't really gotten from her in the past, especially in the production quality. Um, still though, she still has her strong messages of femininity and social change that you'd expect. I think it's as up there with some of her best records to date, which I all, all hold in very high regard. What'd you think, man? Did you come back to this one at all after we talked about it? Yeah, kind of yeah, I did. The pandemic? I did come back to it. It's it, it, it's everything you said. Um, my only main, my only real disappointment with Fiona Apple is that in twenty five plus years of being a known recording artist, five albums. Yeah, and I don't know <laughs> if that's why all five of them are so solid, or if there if we missed something. It's it's just nice that she's still around and she's still. Fiona Apple in every way, but without seeming like it's kowtowing to modern trends, but still sounding current. Fiona Apple, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, another solid release from that folk rock veteran. Number three. All right, coming in at number three is an old friend, an old favorite, an obsession, really, Pearl Jam. Album was Gigaton, came out in March of 2020, and we're going to play a track called Who Ever Said. All right, so that was Pearl Jam, whoever said, from the 2020 album Gigaton. I don't know if I mentioned it before. I may have. We talked about them in episode 106 in more length. That was the opening track, and I really love that intro. It yeah. sets the mood 
for the album. You don't need to hear a bunch of Eddie Vedder singing. Y'all know what he sounds like, but I wanted to get to capture that piece. (laughs) It's grown on me even more over time. Andy, how are you sitting with Pearl Jam? We're pretty comfortable after all these years. (laughs) So especially this record, as I would say, was a hit for me. Uh, You're always a little bit on pins and needles when they have a new record out. Um, Yeah, I I always struggle. I always struggle because I, 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 the thing I miss is the the storytelling the daughter mm-hmm. and elderly yeah, woman sure. and uh jeremy and alive i miss that element of what pearl jam used to do and because i loved them so much for so long and those years yeah. in particular so i'm always really hard on the new albums and they always yeah. grow on me this one's grown on me more than anything probably since their self-titled avocado cover album yeah that's exactly what i said too actually <laughs> i thought this was probably their best since the mid 2000s every song on here is good especially the a side man they bring some energy that we haven't really yeah. heard from them at least consistently on quite a few albums um super blood wolf moon it's probably one of my favorite songs from them in the last 20 years but the b side like they you can tell man they they played well so well together and they're just such seasoned musicians they're jam out a little bit on this record more than we hear them in the past and i think it works really well on the b-side here and yeah good pick man it's been a while since this album took years between albums maybe the situation maybe the the pandemic and the lockdown maybe there'll be a lockdown pearl jam album who knows Mm, that'd be interesting i'd be curious to hear that maybe a surprise in 2021 we'll see (laughs) so that was pearl jam gigaton if you're a big fan of the jam <laughs> that's right i call them the jam check it out wow. it's, it's a great addition to their discography <laughs> i can't call them the jam there's actually a band called the jam all right andy what do you got at number three <laughs> my number three is from mac miller this is one of the first records we talked about in 2020 way back episode 102 his album circles came out in january yeah, why don't we play um, this is the second cut off the album? This is complicated. Some people say they want to live forever. That's way too long. I'll just get through the day without any complications. Was released after his death back in 2018. It's hard to believe that was that long ago. It, just a really surprising and kind of amazing record for me. And it just saddened a little bit that he passed away before this came out. And I feel like he could have done some really amazing stuff afterward. But at least we have this record to kind of hang on to. A bit of change of direction for him, typically known where he was really just a rapper before this. Uh, maybe a more of introspective rapper than most. Um, this record really saw him doing a lot of more like lo-fi indie folk. He does a lot of singing on this record. It's kind of like a slowed down rap cadence. Uh, I found it really compelling, mesmerizing. Uh, the production is fantastic, especially in the beginning of the record. Just enough to keep the songs moving and giving some pacing, but not enough to kind of 
encroach on this very intimate, soul-bearing type of story, or not stories, but like lyrics that he's dishing out. He deals a lot with like anxiety and depression, and you can tell you know, he was dealing with a lot internally, which I assume led to his death. But ultimately, I just took away that he was such a kind, sweet person. Didn't know him personally, but I do miss his music. It's too bad that he's not still around, but I'm glad to have uh, his record circles did you uh man it's been almost a year since this came out have you come back to this at all or have any more thoughts on mr miller yeah like i said when we first talked about it i appreciate the artistic bravery to go try something like this and then to succeed i really do enjoy the sound i can hear the hip hopishness in there but it's more of a it's more the heart of it and and the body is is uh that folky sort of yeah. sometimes alternative rock sort of sound. And uh, it's yeah. definitely a cool listen. All right. So that was a uh, Mac Miller circle. Number three pick from 2020. Number two. Coming in at number two for me is a little more country for everybody. This is the panhandlers. The album is the panhandlers and the track is the panhandler. What do you think about that? Andy? Well, it's the Eric. I'm brand. <laughs> Just an old panhandler begging for change. Got no money in my pocket, so nobody knows my name. Just the clothes upon my shoulders and this boxwood full of strings. Just an old panhandler. Just an old All right, so that was The Panhandlers with the album The Panhandlers and the track The Panhandler. It's a conglomeration, a super group of some panhandle area Texas artists that got together, Josh Abbott, John Bauman, William Clark Green, and Cleto Cordero from Flatland Cavalry, who we talked about before. It's folky, it's stripped down, it's a collaboration. You can hear the different voices, the different personalities, all behind that West Texas sound, singing about the area, about the places places they grew up. You know, I love my real, relatable type stuff. This is, yeah. I think why this is so high on my list is it just makes me feel warm inside because it's brotherhood, friendship, in especially in this year when we need to try and stay together. What do you think, Andy? Well, I mean, I'm with you. I love those records that are really about a place or a time or a person or whatever. And this is really feels like you're living kind of in that part of the country, which I don't know much about personally. So that was cool to kind of be plopped into that space and kind of get a vibe for what it's like to be there. Where it lost me a little bit was just the musical composition was a little bit sparse i guess maybe that's intentional to kind of Uh, bring the storytelling to the forefront that's what i love about it and that's what some of my favorite country has that super simple sound i'm more about like could i could i be a part of that could i sit down with these guys and play a couple chords on a guitar and be a part of that and that's part of what feels so cool about it i'm sure you could play a little spoon on the knee or something maybe as part of this. I play a little guitar. I mean, of course, I know nothing about West Texas, so <laughs> I wouldn't be much help there. I just throw in a couple of, oh, yes. Yeehaw. <laughs> no, I keep, it, I keep it down low. Oh, yeah. Crack the whip in the background. Like, um, <laughs> maybe. Uh, <they're laughs> I could make the sounds of uh, tumbleweeds. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> traveling tumbleweed uh, accompaniment here. But it's that that connection between these four guys. Yeah, and they're you know their kind of brotherhood of being uh, from West Texas just really connected with me, and uh, I really enjoyed the Panhandlers. Again, uh, if you want to hear more about them, I, I, I keep forgetting if I've mentioned previous shows, but episode 104. All right, so yeah, good pick for number two, man. My number two, totally different. <laughs> Talking about a rap album from Run the Jewels, RTJ4. I think this was my most listened to record of the year, according to Spotify. Super fun. This came, back, came out back in June. Excellent summer record. We talked about it back in episode 110. We're going to play a cut from right in the middle of the record. This is just... All right, a little bit of uh, Killer Mike there and some uh, guest artists, um, which I think they use expertly well on this record. There's a, quite a few contributors to this album, but they work them in beautifully. It always feels like a Run the Jewels record with Killer Mike and LP dishing out the politically woke bars nonstop here. I think this is probably one of, if not their strongest record to date. Yeah, I remember this came out like kind of in the height of the protests around the uh, the police violence and deaths that were happening. Remember that was unfortunately, <laughs> part of the unfortunately still happening. Uh, yeah, I, I do remember in a very timely release. There's some of the best in the business in terms of quality of lyric, thoughtfulness mm-hmm. in their delivery. The beats are actually imaginative and. I like seeing this level of hip hop artistry. A lot of we were seeing a lot of that in the early two thousands with with Mos Def and Common and and those kind of cats. Where there's that undercurrent of what's happening, you know, what's going on, and um, right, <laughs> nice. And I think that's important. And when it's done well, and it's from the from the heart and from true anger and and distrust, then you can feel it. Yeah, yeah, well said, man, well said. It feels like there really is a purpose to this music. And, uh, you know, on one hand, it sucks that they feel obligated to make a record like this, but I'm glad to have them doing it because I think they represent what the Black Lives Movement and just generally what was going on in 2020 very well on this record. So glad to have it. My number two, RTJ4. It's time for the big one. Number one. Oh, yeah, it's time for number one. Oh my gosh. Here and we go. Here we go. And we talked about this pretty recently, but I just can't help myself. It's Mr. Bungle. The album is The Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny demo. Came out in October of 2020. The track is Anarchy Up Your Anus. Oh, man. (laughs) 
I love seeing how excited you get for this record. Oh, <laughs> it's great. Like right now, I, my skin is tingling from listening yeah, to that. All right, so Mr. Bungle, Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny demo, a uh, thrash metal masterpiece, in my opinion. Mr. Bungle's been around for a long, long time. Mike Patton, they formed in 1985. Uh, they made a demo in 1986, and they re-recorded that demo and added some new, some other songs, some covers, and some other songs from the era, thrash metal style. They added some talent from Scott Ian from Anthrax and um, Dave Lombardo, the drummer of Slayer, and some original members of Mr. Bungle and remade those songs. And man, such quality, great production, so intense, fast, aggressive. I love it. So... Uh- I don't know, man. I gotta throw a bit of a flag here. Like, didn't this record originally come out in like the mid '80s? Uh, how can it be your top record almost 35 years later? Because I say so. For one, and for two, <laughs> just because the stuff was written in '86 and recorded as a demo doesn't mean that it can't be fully. It's being fully uh, developed now. So these were sketch songs. These were demos. And they took them and they made them into fully fleshed out songs. And it's a fully no, thought out album. Yeah, it, sound, it sounds totally different than the original. <laughs> I mean, not totally, but like it's a very noticeable improvement over the original demo. Yeah, I like this record a lot, too. It was very surprising, I guess, as you would expect from Mr. Bungle. Surprisingly focused, I would say. Uh, it's pretty much a thrash record start to finish. Uh, there's not... There's goofiness like you'd expect from Bungle, but not just pure comedy like we've got on some of the other records. Yeah, it kicks ass. Mike Patton is a freaking god, in my opinion. <laughs> Delivers a great performance here. The band just fucking shreds. Yeah, I I, I listen fun. to it so much. <laughs> Let me see. Where did this come in on my master list here for 2020? I had a 37. I could probably bump that up a little bit. Little it was really it was 37 really if any uh mr bungle fans are listening <laughs> let andy have it and if anyone from <laughs> mr bungle mike Patton, if you're listening uh, kick, yes. kick his ass feel free to email me uh mr Patton, <laughs> elf nerds podcast elf nerds. <laughs> all right what's your number one all right man the moment you guys have all been waiting for my number one pick is melt yourself down 100 percent yes came out back in March 2020 covered in episode 107 we're gonna play a cut from getting the record this is the squeeze This is Melt Yourself Down, third full length. They come from South London. Six-piece, self-described as Nubian-inspired party punk music. It's that nice amalgamation of sounds of different parts of the globe. Afrobeats, jazz freakouts, rock music. This genre should really be called Andy's Gonna Love It. <laughs> this is right. This is right in my wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. This is, this is pure everyone. Andy right here. <laughs> <laughs> It's got a little bit of a dance vibe. It's got kind of an Afro 
thing going on, but there's elements of punk and rock mixed in here as well. It's got some social stuff going on. There's a lot of class struggles being talked about in the lyrics. But I would say overall, it's a positive record, and that was why I think I was drawn to it so much. It's called 100% Yes. I think ultimately they're like trying to get past some of these problems and focusing on the good things and just trying to put a general positive vibe out into the universe, which I'm all about. If you're a fan of Talking Heads, Gang of Four, mm-hmm. Felicute, those types of guys. If you're um, if you're a fan of Andy's taste. <laughs> yeah. You can't miss. <laughs> Did you listen to this one anymore since we talked about it? No. This is like beginning of the pandemic we talked about this show. Yeah, I, I, I didn't it didn't uh make my playlist, but it, it is a quality album and all the elements you talked about are there and it does have a talking heads vibe, which is probably the biggest draw for someone like me. Not yeah. that I'm a huge talking heads fan, but that era of music was enjoyable to me. So it's a pleasant listen. You can get more out of it if you want to, or you can just enjoy. Yeah, surface level, it's danceable, but I think there is another layer or two to it. Awesome record. Uh, That's my number one pick. That's 2020, folks. Jeez. (laughs) I kind of feel hungover right now after all of that. I know. I need a nap and a drink. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us what you're listening to, folks. Uh, What did you think about all of these? And yeah, what are your number one? What are your big picks for the year? Uh, you can email us, podcast at albumnerds.com. We want to know what you're thinking. We really, really do. Uh, what albums did we miss? Did we put something totally in the wrong place? Like, like I don't know, Mr. Bungle at number 37? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, by the way, we probably will post at least expanded versions of our lists up on the website so check it out there also I guess we'll put together a playlist of all these tracks we featured for at least our top 10s so our top 20 tracks of the year will be up on Spotify as well and on the website dude we're gonna keep doing this through 2021 this is coming into our I think our fifth year? I don't know. It's all a blend. But yeah, something like that. And I'm excited. There's already, there's some stuff that we may have missed from last year. So we're going to, from 2020. So we're going to see what we can find. See what, there's a lot of good new releases coming out this year too. So there's going to be a lot to talk about. All right. So we will be back with some brand new recommendations for you. And some old dogs that we all know and love. So we'll talk to you later this year. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy 2021.